gentlemen. This is Will Uryan here with We Know Fantasy. Got a really special show with you. It's uh, the second half of our kickoff of our Dynasty and Debbie podcast, uh, where Nick, the fantasy mechanic, and I are going to continue discussing our Dynasty rankings as they sit last week. Uh, we actually recorded the entire segment last week, um, so we've got the positional wrap-up coming up here. Uh, but before we jump in, just want to remind everyone that as you're going through your fantasy playoff push here, we do still have a full slate of shows going on every week. Uh, so on Monday, you'll see the waiver wire wish list. Tuesdays is going to be an Schlanger. Wednesdays will be Nate and a special guest talking through some fantasy topics. Thursday, you'll have some of our contributors hopping on to talk anything and everything fantasy. Friday is going to be another episode of Samuels and Schlanger following up on the Tuesday episode. Saturday, we'll run through our DFS lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings. And then Sunday, you'll get another episode of the Dynasty and Debbie pod with me. So on Sunday, also keep in mind, we've got uh, some live advice going on Twitch with Brian. Um, and you can always find the We Know Fantasy brand on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can always look us up on the website, weknowfantasy.com. So without further ado... Let's hop back into our rankings, and we'll wrap up with our wide receivers and tight ends. Okay, uh, so moving on to wide receivers. Um, so we'll go around here, and again, remember, wide receivers are going to be able to play a little bit longer than running backs. So hopefully there will be a few more names that folks recognize from their years in the league here. So I will kick it off at number 12. Um, and this, this guy's a, a younger guy, but uh, Deontay Johnson of the Steelers. Um, has really impressed me this year and has vaulted up to uh, my number 12. Um, I just, I really like, he seems to be their primary wide receiver uh, when all of their receivers are healthy, and that's including with Juju and Chase Claypool. Um, and I don't know if Juju is going to be back with them, so there there could be even more opportunity there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't have Deontay Johnson in my top 12. Um, but yeah, I like what you, you know, what you hit on there. He does seem to be a preferred, um, wide receiver for Ben. Um, that said, that's my scare and my, my resistance of why I don't have him in the top 12 yet. Again, this could change, um, the quarterback, um, he's aging, he's had some injuries. You know, I feel like if you have a Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool and Roethlisberger sustains an injury, and he, he misses a significant amount of time you could be screwed at that position. So that's kind of what scares me off of him right now. But like I said, that being said, I easily can move him into my top 12. Uh, so for me, my number 12 is Stefan Diggs, uh, a guy who, when he was traded, I thought, um, you know, it didn't boost his value any. I was totally wrong, and I can admit that now. He is by far Josh Allen's favorite target. Josh Allen, we discussed it with our quarterback. Josh Allen looks good. Stephon Diggs seems to be happy there in Buffalo, which is a little bit shocking. Um, he's still at a tender age where he still has room to grow and blossom. I just think they get another supporting wide receiver in that offense, and they can get their running game going. The sky's the limit for this Buffalo team. God, I love that call. Um, I, I have to take the L on Stephon Diggs. Um, I was... I had the same opinion where I just, I didn't think it would work out in Buffalo. And uh, yeah, that that's been clicking on all cylinders. He was exactly what Josh Allen needed. And frankly, he needed Josh Allen to get him the ball deep. So I, I love that pick. Why don't you go ahead? Uh, who, who's your 11? 
Okay, my 11, this may be a controversial one, um, and it sucks to see him constantly injured, but it's Julio Jones. Um, he's a future Hall of Famer. The injuries just – I'll be honest, after the show, I'm probably going to drop him out of my top 12. Um, and it sucks because I love seeing him play, but he's at a point now where he's untrustable. Um, if you can trade him, get him, you know, try to get sell him on the high, get what you can get for him and move on. Wrigley, I think, is next, come next season – they may even make a quarterback change. They may go youthful. I think Wrigley's the, the alpha wide receiver in that off that team going forward. I know they just paid Julio, but like I said, the injuries scare me, and, and I just got to move off of them. It's it's a bad breakup, but it's got to happen. Yeah, I, I would I would be pouring one out for that. Uh, Julio's been one of my favorite players to watch, um, but yeah, like you said, it's he's starting to get dinged up, um, and he's hitting that age where. You know, typically the dings would mean, he, you know, he's playing at 80 percent and doing just fine. And now that he's getting up there, um, it's it's just, you know, he's missing a week or two here and there. And uh, just like I said, with running backs, I want my players to be able to play. And Julio's not showing that anymore. Yeah, it sucks to say, but, you know, like I said, it's just the injuries, the injuries. It, it's too much now. It's, they're just starting to mount. It's, it's everything. When I'm, you know what I mean? Yep. hamstrings ankles elbows it's just it's time to move off them like i said i suggest moving off of them and try to solve on the high if you can yeah i, I do think i'll probably be buying back here in another year or so as, <laughs> as he you know begins the decline i, I do think he's going to be one of those guys that sticks around uh kind of larry fitzgerald-esque where he's just going to be too good for a team to let go but you know won't necessarily be that wide receiver one anymore you just have to you have to know what you're getting for the price um, so my 11 is actually going to be a youth movement and it's T Higgins. Um, we touched on Joe Burrow in the quarterbacks. Um, I love the fact that T Higgins and Joe Burrow were brought in together. Um, T Higgins has already essentially unseated AJ, Bur- AJ Green, excuse me, as their preferred pass catcher on the outside. Um, and he's doing it as a rookie. Um, I, I just, you don't see that out of rookies all that often. So I'm I'm really, really excited about T. Higgins' future. I, I think the sky is kind of the limit for him, especially uh, I don't know how many more years A.J. Green is going to be around. Um, so there, there are going to be even more opportunities for Higgins in the coming years. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I actually have shares from him in a few leagues, and I didn't play him this week because I was a little skeptical about the Brandon Allen at starting quarterback going against a, a surprising, decent New York Giants uh, defense. But I think T. T Higgins had a pretty decent style. I think he had like six receptions and a, and a touchdown. So um, he seems to be matchup in quarterback proof. So that being said, he's definitely, you know, moving into that top 15, top 12, you know, discussion. All right. So that was your 11, correct, William? It, it was. Yep. Okay. So my 10, uh, Kenny Galladay, um, another guy who, you know, I'm scared a little bit with the recent injuries and stuff like that. And, you know, the history this season, I think he's had three different injuries where he's missed time. Um, but he's so talented. I know he's a free agent at the end of this season. I'm really interested to see where he ends up or if he resigns with Detroit. Um, I want to see that, you know, play out. I want to see how he plays the rest of the season when he comes back from his injury. Um, you know, does he still have that chemistry with Stafford? Um, you know, has Stafford declined even? What is this offense moving forward with a new coach? So, um, but right now I still have Galladay in my top 10. 
uh, I know that may come as a surprise with seeing so much, so, you know, limited um, production from this season. But like I said, the talent's there, and I'm just interested to see what happens with it. Yeah, I, I like Galladay a lot, and I've I've been really disappointed at the way that this year has played out. Um, I'm really curious to see what the offseason holds, but kind of all the question marks you raised are why he didn't make my top 12. Um, but he's, again, one of those guys that's like, you know, honorable mention. Like, I mean, you're talking, he's definitely not slipping outside my top 18 dynasty assets. Um, I just, I don't know where to value him because I don't know where he's going to be next year, whether he'll be back in Detroit or not. So my number 10, um, which you're going to see a little bit of a theme here, uh, is actually going to be another Steelers wide receiver, Chase Claypool. Um, I just, I love the flashes that he's had. Um, I believe he is actually outscoring Deontay Johnson on the year. Um, To be fair, Deontay Johnson has missed some games, so I think the per-game average still leans Deontay Johnson if you factor out his injury games. But... uh, Chase Claypool has shown very, very strong ball tracking on the deep balls. Um, You know, they've designed plays for him around the goal line. Um, I I just, I think he's going to be one of the guys that they game plan around in future years. Uh, And I think his game is nearly QB proof. I I mean, it's hard to say that without uh, raising too many eyebrows, but he's one of those guys that you just have to give him a chance. He can go up and get it. He's a big guy, runs very, very fast. So if the deep ball is not working, you know, you get those little pop passes behind the line of scrimmage uh, with him coming through the through the formation, uh, and he can still make things happen there. So he comes in at 10 for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like Chase Claypool. Um, I just I think I'm one of those guys that's a little reluctant to plug rookie receivers in right away. I kind of see where you're going with it. I like it, though. Like, I enjoy seeing other people's point of views with it and having that open mind, which allows me to be maybe be swayed one way or the other. Um, but, yeah, Claypool's been a stud. Um, I think he put up 40 points against my Eagles this season, uh, so I wasn't happy with that. But how about that? I mean, the, the guy had a great combine time. His 40 time kind of flashed for everybody. And, you know, the, the Steelers are known for taking wide receivers and being successful, so... I really don't see Juju being in this offense next year. I see him moving on. I see them being totally confident with uh, rolling with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and even James Washington or Ray Ray McLeod as a third and fourth receiver. So I like it. Um, I like the rookie angle you're taking here. I'm really interested to see how the rest play out. All right. So for me, uh, my number nine is Chris Godwin. Um, Again, you know, Injuries uh, is what concerns me with them, but I think the production's there. Um, this team, you know, between Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, now Antonio Brown, I'm interested to see if that sticks. Um, you know, Tom Brady, the, the, the way he's played lately makes me a little nervous, but Chris Godwin's a guy who he can play. I mean, he play he can play any wide receiver position. He can run any route. Um, he's decent in the red zone. He's a big enough body. Um, and I don't even know that he's going to be in Tampa Bay. I'm not sure if he's a free agent or not. Um, I'm not sure if it's this year or the following year. Um, but he's still, I believe he's still in his third season. And we know how wide receivers, you know, how, how they um, take a little bit more time than running backs to get up to speed and, you know, start producing. So Chris Godwin at nine. And I'm kind of, you know, reluctant with it. But for now, that's where I have him. 
Yeah, I again, he's another one of those just like Kenny Galladay where um, I want to rank him highly. I really love him as a player. But yeah, you, you brought up Antonio Brown coming in. I just I don't know how those targets are going to be split. I really need to see the, the rest of this year to get comfortable with how they want to run that offense. Um, and again, it's, you know, Tom Brady is unfortunately not getting any younger. Um, and Tom Brady is not the best for wide receiver production because uh, I'm actually in the school of thought that I really like Jameis Winston's for my wide receivers where, you know, you can put us in a, you know, 20 point hole in the first quarter and then we'll just chuck it 40, 50 times the rest of the game, get our points that way. So as when they uh, shipped him out and brought in Tom Brady as more of a game manager, I, I kind of I saw the ceiling come down on Godwin a little bit. Um, so, again, he's just outside my top 12. Uh, so that was your nine. Is that right? Yeah, that was my nine. I'm sorry. Yep. No worries. Uh, so I've got Calvin Ridley in that slot. Actually, we, we kind of mentioned him uh, as ascending as the Falcons kind of alpha receiver. Um, I, I really like Ridley. He's kind of got that. Godwin breakout from last year everyone seemed to be seeing the stars align for Ridley and and he really hasn't disappointed Um, he's been a little bit banged up um, but other than that when he's been on the field he's been one of Matt Ryan's go-to guys and he's produced at a very very high level yeah definitely Um, I actually have Ridley up at seven so I'll just hit on him now so that I can skip over my seven when it comes to me Um, yeah you know I think this is the alpha for the Atlanta Falcons um, wide receiver uh, room moving forward Um, that's probably not going to start really till next year I do think Ridley is an asset worth having Um, you know what I mean and even if you can buy him depending on the asking price you know he may be worth it to go out and scoop up Um, so that'll bring me to my eight my number eight is uh, Terry McLaurin F1 scary Terry whatever you want to call him um, I love the kid uh, watching him play every week, um, you know, seeing his highlights. He he runs nice routes. He's fast. He, he can make separation. He can get jump balls. And he's doing this with a limited quarterback. Like all due respect to Alex Smith, especially with the comeback from the injury this season. But Terry McLaurin, you know, teams know that's who they got to shut down. So um, and he's still able to beat defenses and corners left and right. You know what I mean? Um, for me, he's eight. I fully anticipate McLaurin moving up higher in my rankings. Yeah, I I like it. I've actually got him uh, sitting at six right now. Um, But I think the rest of the way for me, it's all very, very close. Um, But yeah, like like you said, I mean, I've some of the releases that he's got off the line, you know, even though he's getting uh, the coverage focus from the defense, um, I mean, he still can just lose the cornerback in the first two or three steps. And that's all you need for Terry. You just get him the ball and then he'll outrun other people. Um, I really hope Washington can figure out their, their quarterback spot and not waste his talent because he's young. He's fast. He's good right now. I I would love to see him mature some of his deeper and intermediate routes. Um, But, but his short routes right now are fantastic. So, so that being said, because we kind of both hit on we hit on it between McLaurin and Gibson, do we anticipate Washington drafting a quarterback uh, in this twenty twenty one draft? I do. Yeah, definitely. I, I do too. By, yeah, by benching um, 
Haskins. Haskins. Yeah, it, that, okay. that kind of laid their hand out for them. Um, I just wanted to get someone else's opinion on that because I know I'm feeling that way. I just wanted to see if that was the consensus and if that's what other people are thinking as well. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or they're going to have to trade for someone because um, I don't think you can trust Alex Smith and you don't want to waste the talent you've got right now. So, Agreed. Uh, okay, so my number eight, that was your number eight, right? Yes, sir. Yep, so mine is another rookie, Justin Jefferson. Um, and this is another guy that I'm willing to take a preseason L on. Um, I was I was not high on Justin Jefferson throughout the uh, rookie drafts this year. Um, I kind of, I viewed him as a slot receiver that was going to play second fiddle to Adam Thielen. And uh, yeah, I think he's just going out and leading the league in yards per route run. Um, so you know, good for him, bad for me. And uh, hopefully he can just keep on doing it because he's been really fun to watch. Yeah, he's been electric. Um, plus, I love the gritty dance he does every time he scores. How do you not love that? <laughs> um, this was a guy, uh, me and my son were watching the draft, um, this past NFL draft. And uh, when we saw him dropping, and as Eagles fans, were like, we got to grab Jefferson. And they took Jalen Rieger. No hate to Jalen Rieger, you know. Uh, I'm still interested to see what he has, but Justin Jefferson was the guy we wanted. Um, a lot of Philadelphia fans want it. Um, I love him watching him play. Uh, I can't say I need to take an L, nor can I take a victory lap because I was kind of sketchy on him. I know there was talk during um, right prior to preseason that uh, out of BC John, uh, Johnson was going to be the number two wide receiver. <coughs> Excuse me which I was kind of shocked to hear and I was kind of let down like, okay, so Justin Jefferson may not see the field as much, but um, needless to say, he's an asset. He, you know, I, I actually, like I said, I, I'm enjoying seeing where you have these rookies at because it kind of gives me a ballpark of, you know, possibly adjusting rankings and moving around and opening my eyes to look at some more tape and look at some more stuff on some of these rookies. Yeah. Glad to do it. Um, so that was your eight, correct? That was my eight, yep. All right, so my seven was Ridley, so why don't you go ahead and give your seven as well. Okay, so my seven is uh, the last rookie, actually, is CeeDee Lamb. Um, you know, again, since Dak has gone down, his stat lines have kind of disappointed, um, but that hasn't really swayed me at all. He's super young. He was my favorite prospect coming into the league this year. Uh, and, you know, he hit the ground running in a Dallas offense. He was clearly one of their top playmakers on a stacked offense. So I expect Dak to come back next year. I expect it to kind of just pick up right where they left off. Um, and frankly, I kind of expect CeeDee Lamb to ascend above Amari Cooper. Um, I just, I think you'll, you'll hear a trend as I talk through my reasoning where I think through the contracts of players, and I do think that the Cowboys have an out for Cooper's contract after next year. So it might be one more year with Amari Cooper. Um, but honestly, having Amari Cooper for CD Lamb is not a bad thing because it, one, lets him play more in the slot. And two, the defense is going to focus on Amari Cooper and give CD Lamb softer coverage. Yeah. Um, I hate seeing CD Lamb playing for the Dallas Cowboys as an Eagles fan, but the kid's super talented. And as you mentioned, you know, even with Dak out, he's had some decent games with, you know, uh, I don't even remember the names of the other two quarterbacks besides Andy Dalton, the other two that played. <laughs> Danucci uh, was Danucci, one. yeah, and Garrett was the other one. Gilbert, yep, Gary Gilbert. 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 Yep. Um, I, 
the kid's a super talent. I actually thought he was better than Judy. Um, I know during the whole, you know, last year, during around this time with the rookie rankings coming out and startups and rookie drafts, a lot of people, Judy, Judy, Judy. And I'm thinking Lamb is more NFL ready. He runs, he may not be a better route runner than Judy, but he runs more of the route tree than Jerry Judy. Um, the, his catch against the Vikings last week was unbelievable. I just think, you know, sky's the limit for CD Lamb, and I hate to say it as an Eagles fan. So we'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yep. Uh, so for me, my number six, again, I'm going to have to adjust these rankings because I have DeAndre Hopkins down here at six, and he definitely deserves to be higher than this. Um, I, I was skeptical about him um, heading to Arizona, not because of the quarterback, but I knew Kyler Murray and him would be fine. I just didn't know how he fit in really um, with other wide receivers. You know, Christian Kirk isn't a superior, but I was just curious to see how he fit in and how this, you know, this team would run with him as the alpha wide receiver. And he looks like he's been there for 10 years. He looks like he's been playing with Kyler Murray for 10 years. He looks good. Yeah, he's aging. But after seeing that Hal Murray and him jump over players and, you know, get his hands up, DeAndre Hopkins is a boss. He, you know, he's – He's an elite wide receiver, and trust me when I tell you, he will be higher than six the next time you hear these rankings. <laughs> I, I believe you on that. Um, <clears throat> I, I will say I also was fading him in the offseason, so you know, don't don't think that you were on that island. Um, yeah, it's it's been really refreshing to see talent went out there because um, it was never a question of talent with Nook. It was, uh, I mean, it was just situational, like trying to figure out how he would get acclimated in an offseason with COVID, learning a playbook, getting to know his teammates. And I think, yeah, in Houston, he was always, he was like a 30% target share guy. Uh, and I did not see that coming in Arizona. Uh, but it, his target share has stayed uh, a lot closer to 30 than I would have expected. Yeah, for sure. I don't think anybody's seen that coming, honestly. All right. So my five is actually Tyreek Hill. Uh, and so folks are going to know I did not uh, get to factor in this week's games because holy cow, what a first quarter. Um, but yeah, he, he's just a special talent in the NFL. He's kind of um, a unique player to me. Um, he's not a guy I think that's going to get force fed every week like some of the other players out there. Um, but he just he has that ability to break any single play wide open. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually have him at five as well, so we're in agreement there. Um, and like you said, we didn't get to digest today's slate um, and adjust our rankings accordingly, but he is special. Um, and, and, you know, you watch him play, and you're just wowed by him. Um, he's super fast. He's and, and when I say fast, like I don't just mean straight speed. Like, he's quick. You know what I mean? He He's exciting to watch. And, and yeah. having a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes that can get him the ball – um, really makes for great football and watching Kansas City football, especially if you're a fan. So Tyreek Hill five, um, that that's something that's you know right now seems to be a decent spot. Uh, but I can definitely definitely see him moving up in both of our rankings as the season plays out and heading into the off season. Yep. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the uh, the aging wide receivers because um, you know so unfortunately things do end up changing and so eventually someone overtakes people i got a question because i don't know and i'm not sure if you know so i don't really want to put you on the spot but what's his contract situation currently is he under contract uh, is he 
due to signed or let me actually pull up and I'm I'm gonna throw this out to our listeners. Uh, if you ever have questions on contracts, I highly recommend hotrack.com. Um, it will let you search by player, uh, and you can very quickly pull up contract details. So you just type in Tyreek Hill, see what comes up. Because I'm just curious as far as not not because of his talent or really moving his rankings, but how does that affect him on this team? You know, not that I see them moving off of Tyreek Hill if he is due for a contract. I just it's something okay. I want to put in my mind if if he is someone you have on a, on a dynasty roster. Yeah, so he still has two years left on his deal, um, although it does look like the way that it is structured, they would be able to get out of the contract starting next year if they wanted to. Um, I, I, the only way I see that happening is if there is more off-the-field stuff, though. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he, he's performing at a level that the contract is not too big of a burden. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't see them moving off of him. Dare I ask, though, does he sit out the start of next season? To, to seek a contract. Just something to think about. Just for our listeners to think about. I don't about, think so. Because he, So he's still got two years left on his deal. So he's got oh, 21 right. and 22 okay, already on his deal. So next year should be safe. The year after might be a question mark. Yeah, because here's my thought process. And this is the way you got to think as a fantasy owner or, um, you know, or even if it's your hometown team. He's already got a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So now he wants that contract. So... Yep. My thought process is, you know, heading into that final year on that deal, 2022, you know, does he maybe sit out a few games? So just something to think about. I know it's a little early, um, you know, but giving you guys a heads up two years in advance. Yeah, and I would also point out, I don't even know if sitting out is going to do him any good in Kansas City because, I mean, they don't really have any more money to give out since they're yeah. giving it all to Patrick. Exactly. And, and, and Kelsey, you know, took a break, so we'll see what happens. Um, so my number four then is uh, AJ Brown, Tennessee Titans. Um, the, the kid looks good. He looks phenomenal. Um, you know, Tannehill's able to get him the ball. The, he's seeing double coverage. He's another guy. He, he he's kind of the CD lamb. Um, he's not a perfect route runner, but he runs every route in the tree. He's got speed. We saw today. Um, I see one of his highlights on, on on a long touchdown. He's also good in you know jump ball situations high point in the ball he's physical so for me aj brown at four some people may say it's a little high but i could actually see him moving even higher to be honest with you uh so i've actually got deandre hopkins at four so we've kind of talked about him um you know frankly the only thing keeping him from being even higher on my board is uh his age um the, the players i've got ahead of him are actually um, typically younger than him. So I will okay. go ahead and move on to my three. Um, and that's actually going to be DK Metcalf, um, which is kind of astounding to think about that he is already this high on my board. Um, but for lack of a better term, he is a grown ass man. <laughs> uh, if, if you want to just understand how athletic this guy is watch the video of his chase down on the goal line interception where he ran essentially what would have been a hundred yards to track down the Arizona defender um, and instead was able to tackle him despite giving up I think it was a 10 or 15 yard head start so yeah the, the dude's got wheels he's huge he's strong he's got Russell Wilson throwing him the ball um, there's no downside to owning DK Metcalf 
No, not at all. You're not going to get any complaints from me, especially when you have them at three and I have them at number two. Um, So I'm going to hit on DK real quick and then I'll give you my three. Um, There's actually a video and audio that was Buda Baker from Arizona that he chased down. So Buda Baker was actually mic'd up for that game. Um, I don't know where you you can probably find it on Twitter or or on um, YouTube or something like that. But you can hear the audio. You actually hear DK Metcalf's footsteps coming from behind Buda Baker when on that audio. It's something I highly suggest people go and listen to, and you yourself will check it out. It's really cool to hear. But you hit on everything. I mean, the guy's got phenomenal size. He's fast. Russ loves him. Um, the, the sky's the limit for this guy. I, if I didn't love my number one so much, DK Metcalf would be the number one. But um, I know I jumped over my three. My number three is Michael Thomas. Um, I'm a little nervous. You know, Michael Thomas has been a consensus number one receiver in fantasy for probably the past two years. Um, but I am a little worried about what life is like. I know you mentioned earlier without Drew Brees, and that kind of scares me a little bit. So I want to see how that phases out and who their quarterback may be. Um, you know, Mike Thomas can move up and down these rankings as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I uh... – I don't know how I feel about this, but I don't have Michael Thomas in my top 12. Wow. Um, he, he's another one of my kind of Zeke calls where I just, I don't feel good about him moving forward. Um, you know, the injuries obviously haven't helped this year, but, uh, you know, I don't necessarily feel fear any long-term issues due to health. Um, but just kind of, you know, the combination of not really producing this year, um, you know, I'd, I'd rather have some of these players that are playing this year and still have bright futures ahead of them where I, I mean, I think Drew Brees actually has another year on his contract after this, but I, I can't see him playing it. So, you know, it it was promising to see Taysom Hill target Thomas so much in his start. Um, But at the same time, I don't think Thomas has really been putting up the big numbers in the offense this year. Uh, and I think that Sean Payton is one of those guys who's going to scheme around what he's got. And if he doesn't have the accurate Drew Brees to, you know, throw into the tight window slants that Michael Thomas is going to run, I, I just I don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to be producing at that like top five wide receiver mark that everyone values him at seemingly. Uh, and so I, I kind of I have him downgraded. Maybe one of my downfalls, but uh, I got to make bold calls somewhere. Yeah, no. Hey, listen, I totally respect anybody's rankings because everybody, you know, a lot of people may think that, you know, we just copy and paste and just put names to something. But, you know, you're outside the box. You got Thomas outside your top 12. I Metcalf at number two. You know what I mean? Like it goes to show we put time in. We do put effort into these rankings. It's not just to look at a player and and find a number from one to 12 for him. Yeah. So, no, I totally like it. I, I definitely respect it. Well. Uh, okay, and that what number was that for you? That uh, that was my three, but I had already talked about Metcalf since you had him at your three, I believe. Okay, yep. And I uh, have we've already talked about my two, who is AJ Brown. Um, got the, those ex Ole Miss teammates. Which uh, just a quick sidebar: How was Ole Miss not better with AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and I think Evan Ingram was on the team too, at the same time. Yeah, I don't. I, that's fine. I, I'm assuming it's their quarterback play. <laughs> it must have been, but. Uh, yeah, AJ Brown, young stud, um, you know, can't really go. If, if you've got him on your team, you're locked in for years to come. 
Uh, and that brings us to number one, which I believe is going to be the same person because I still haven't heard him from you. Uh, so, Nick, do you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, number one for me is Devontae Adams. Again, I didn't get to watch any of this Packers game because we jumped on and did recorded this podcast tonight. Um, but Devontae Adams is my number one. I, I, I don't know how – I'm curious, and I would never knock anybody for arguing him not being the number one. Um, the guy does it all. He, he's superior at route running. He runs every route. He can play any part on the, you know, any wide receiver uh, position on, on the field. Uh, he's great in the red zone. He's even great from the one yard line on jump balls. Um, you, you can't even double this guy. He's just phenomenal to watch. Uh, in any league I was able to draft Devonte Adams in, especially in the second round, if I was able to grab a running back in the first and then come back like in the second and grab Devonte Adams, I kind of like later slots this year for some reason. Uh, but that being said, Devonta Adams is a stud. If you have him in Dynasty, um, you know, by all means, do not look to trade this guy. If you're trading him, it's a haul. I mean, he's up there with McCaffrey there, I say it. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because uh, I had a trade deadline come up in, in a bunch of my leagues, and I did actually send Devonta Adams away. Um, but like you said, it was for a haul. I was able to receive DJ Moore a 2021 first and a full set of 2022 draft picks. So that's rounds one through five. Um, so it was two firsts, a second, third, fourth, and fifth, and DJ Moore for one Devontae Adams. Wow. That's a haul. I can yeah, see that a haul. <laughs> yep. That, that's exactly, that's the type of stuff you got to be looking for when you're going to move these high-end assets. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm hoping that, DJ Moore uh, recovers quickly. I, I saw he did get injured today, but uh, you know, oh, he, he's got some upside. He's young. Um, the one knock I've got on Adams that could knock him down from the top spot fairly quickly is his age. Um, not that he's old, but he's getting to the point where you know they can't really do as well as they can when, when they're younger pups coming out of school. Well, not knowing that he got injured and you breaking that news to me, I mean... Are we talking about Adams being one of those guys who's an often injured? You know what I mean? Like, this oh no, no, sorry, no. It was uh, DJ Moore got injured today. Oh, oh, oh Adams okay, okay. is good as far as I am. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Knock, yeah. knock on some wood now. Yeah, knocking on wood. Uh, yeah, I love, I love Adams. Um, and you know, we hit on everything as far as Adams is concerned. Like you, you said, that the age is a concern, but I don't think it's a super concern. You know what I mean? It is something. He's an asset. He's worth. Yeah, I think it. he's he's uh, 27, right? So uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's still got a few years in his peak. Um, I think he's but, a young 27 now, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that would he, be nice. Okay. Yeah, I think he turned 27 like the start of this year, like the start of the football season, the NFL season. So um, I'm inching him up to like the 0.5 ranking. <laughs> All right. So, Nick, you want to run through your top 12 yeah. wide, right, wide receivers one more time? Okay. Uh, 12, Stephon Diggs. 11, Julio Jones. 10, Kenny Galladay. 9, Chris Godwin. 8, Terry McLaurin. 7, Calvin Ridley. 6, DeAndre Hopkins. 5, Tyreek Hill. Uh, 4, A.J. Brown. 3, Michael Thomas. 2, D.K. Metcalf. Number 1, Devontae Adams. I like it. It's it's really interesting. Like you had kind of talked about looking at the rankings uh, differently from person to person. Um, and so as I run through mine here, I'm going to see a lot more rookies. Um, but I, I think that's just... it. It's how you kind of think through the process, and we all can build teams differently, um, which is what makes fantasy so awesome. So my top 12 wide receivers, number 12 is Deontay Johnson, 11 is T. Higgins, 10 is Chase Claypool, 
Uh, nine is Calvin Ridley. Eight is Justin Jefferson. Seven is CeeDee Lamb. Six is Terry McLaurin. Five is Tyreek Hill. Four is DeAndre Hopkins. We've got DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Devontae Adams rounding out my top three. I like it. I, th- I think I might have to start jumping some rookies into my rankings. All right, so we've got uh, one more segment for everyone out there. We'll try and get through this one a little bit quick because I'm sure you're tired of hearing us gab. Uh, But it's tight ends, which uh, can get glossed over a little bit. But really, if you can get your tight end position set in Dynasty, um, it's a very, very good feeling. uh, As those of you who have Travis Kelsey on your rosters probably know all too well. Um, so I'll go ahead and kick us off at number 12 for tight ends. Uh, and this is a name that hasn't really popped yet, but I kind of expect him to uh, continue moving forward this year. Uh, and the future is super, super bright for Irv Smith Jr. of the Vikings. Uh, he's currently in a platoon with Kyle Rudolph. Um, I don't know how much longer Kyle Rudolph is going to be for either the Vikings or the National Football League at this point. Um, but as soon as Irv Smith takes over kind of an, an every down role, I kind of, I expect his production to just explode, and his uh, his measurables are just off the charts. He's a great, great athlete. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had Irv Smith right outside of my top twelve, but I like Irv Smith moving forward. He's definitely a guy you can go and buy super low on right now. Uh, so for me, my my number twelve uh, seems like another homer pick here, but it's Zach Ertz. I know he's way down here at twelve, but it is dynasty. He is aging. The only reason he's still in my twelve is I don't see him in an Eagles uniform come twenty twenty one. I do see him moving on. There is lots of teams out there that can use a tight end. You know, teams like um, the Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills come to mind, and them with superior uh, quarterbacks play. I do see Ertz still being having somewhat value. Yeah, that's a really interesting point that uh, I hadn't thought of for Ertz yet, um, and I, I frankly usually am taking it as a knock when teams aren't re-signing their players, uh, which is one of the reasons I will admit I don't have Ertz in my top twelve. Um, but yeah, you're you're one hundred percent correct that he could definitely end up with a pretty featured role somewhere else uh, with, frankly, better QB play. All right, so that was your 12. Uh, who do you have at number 11? Okay, uh, for me, number 11, I have uh, Mike Kosicki. Um, you know, young, talented, on a young team, um, still trying to feel their way. You, know, you see Mike Kosicki, he, he don't have the traditional tight end build. He's a little more slender. Um, you know, he kind of lines up in the slot, the tight end position. He's almost like a wide receiver out there. Uh, I would have him higher had I seen more from him this season, but – um, I have him at the 11 spot. I, I am happy about his age. I'm happy about the outlook with the team as far as that quarterback with Tua uh, and possibly adding some receivers and maybe a running back. Um, but I still just got to see a little bit more out of him before I can move him up some rankings. Yeah, I think that's totally appropriate. Um, he was one of the guys I was kind of targeting, looking to kind of either draft or buy low this year before he broke out. Um, and like you said, it, it's been a little bit slower than we would have liked, but uh you know, he, he's definitely shown flashes from time to time. He's got Tua hopefully locked up as his long-term QB. Um, and you, you really hit on it is you don't really have to worry about him being stuck in blocking all that much. He really he does do a good job of playing that slot role for them, and they, they seem to like him there. So uh, I, I like it at 11. He, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, my number 11 
and you'll see, I think with our tight end rankings, I, I feel like there's a lot of guys that could be kind of anywhere within five or six different ranks. Um, I've got Johnny Smith um, for the Titans. He's a big part of that passing game um, has finally gotten out of the shadow of Delaney Walker. Uh, and he's one of the best run after catch tight ends in the league. Um, so the key is just getting him the ball and then letting him avoid or run through the defenders. So I'm looking forward to seeing that continue for years to come. Yeah, um, I have Jonu up at eight, so I'm just going to hit on real quick. So we don't have we won't have to cover my eight. We'll be able to jump to you. Um, you know, he had a goose egg today, and I have my eight. I probably have uh, probably ninety percent of my leagues. I have shares of Jonu, so I'm not real happy about the goose egg today. But I am high on him. He's very athletic. Um, we even seen him with a rushing touchdown. I think it was last week or a week prior. So. I, my only concern on this this year so far is he's either hit or miss week to week, but um, he still is young. He's athletic. He's on an up and coming team, so he's involved in the offense. So for me, he's in my eight spot. Um, so then that'll jump me to my ten. Uh, so my ten is uh, Hunter Henry uh, from the LA Chargers. You know, I do believe they're going to resign him, especially after seeing the way Justin Herbert plays and. Get, they're getting Henry involved and, in, in, you know, more in the offense and he's becoming more of a weapon for Justin Herbert. Um, so for me, he's still at a, a decent age, Hunter Henry. He's just another player where the injuries, you know, do scare me. He's had a couple significant injuries. So that's why I have him down here at the 10 spot. Again, it's very early on these rankings. He could move up. He could move out of them. But for now, Hunter Henry is a solid top 10. Yeah, I, I like it. I've actually got him uh, up at eight. So I think kind of like, I was saying, I, I think we're going to see a lot of the same players here in just different orders here for the next few picks. Yeah, so so then we'll just skip eight since Hunter Henry was your eight and John who was my eight. So I guess that, we do your nine and I'll do my nine. That'll work. Uh, so actually, I still got a 10 here. Oh, that's uh, right. I'm sorry. Uh, Logan Thomas. Um, it's uh, a little bit early, I think, to have him this, this high up. But I, I think you'll kind of see I'm high on the future for Washington. I think they're headed in the right direction. Uh and I, he actually threw a touchdown, I believe, this uh, on Thanksgiving. So, um, you know, he's one of those players. I believe he was an ex-QB at Virginia Tech um, that has transitioned to tight end. He's athletic, um, still working on his hands a little bit. But again, I think he's one of those players that they're not necessarily going to ask to block a ton. Um, so I really like the role that he's going to have in that offense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I don't think you can hammer home the, you know, the opinion that we both have that Washington is up and coming. I think they're just a quarterback away from being a really, really, really good offense. Uh, I don't have Logan Thomas in my top 12. Um, not to say that, you know, it's not knocking them. I just at at this current time, I think there's 12 other guys that probably take ahead of him. Uh, I'm not sure of his age. I believe he's about 27 as well. Um, so, you know, that scares me off of him a little bit, but he is very athletic. Um, and like we said, Washington's an up-and-coming team. So uh, go ahead and jump into your nine then, Will. Yep, so I've got Evan Ingram, uh, who I mentioned as former teammates with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Um, the one thing that scares me about Evan Ingram is I don't really know how the Giants feel about him. Um, you know, that team is set up to try and be essentially a track team with their receivers. Um and Evan Ingram really fits that mold from the tight end position. He's very fast for a tight end. 
Um, he has been pretty banged up, and so I don't know if that factors into whether or not they want to keep him around long term. Um, but I mean, if if they do, he has carved out a nice role in that offense. So if he can stay in New York, I think he's got a very bright future. Yeah, he's actually my number nine as well. So we're both the same on our nine at, uh, with Evan Ingram. Uh, you know, everything for everything he said, he's very athletic. Um, he's just a question mark as far as how he fits into that offense. He, he's streaky. I think he had a decent game today. I know he was over 100 yards. I'm not sure how many receptions he had, but I, he also had a fumble lost. But, um, you know, very fast, very athletic. Um, you know, it's just a matter of how often do they get him involved. Um, he's streaky. So, But as far as in Dynasty, because of his age, because of his athleticism, and a nine spot being within the top 12 is, is a great, you know, he's a great addition to have at the tight end position as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And I think we uh, have both exhausted our eights already. So why don't you go ahead yep. and give us your seven? So my number seven is uh, Noah Font, um, one of your Hawkeyes. <laughs> right. Um, I have him up. I, the talent that I see with Fant, um is there. I'd have him up higher. I, the QB play is what makes me nervous in Denver. Um, you know, I really would love to see Denver get a better quarterback. No disrespect to Drew Locke, but you got guys like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, who I know is hurt, um, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Noah Font, and then the the rookie tight end they took this year, Albert uh, Akue Bonham. So um, I just would like to see a different quarterback. I think if they do draft a quarterback or if they're able to get one through free agency, I think Noah Font jumps up the rankings in a major way. Yeah, I will say if you if you're worried about his usage, I can point out he did have 100% of their receiving yards today. So <laughs> I do I think it was one catch for 12 yards uh, with their practice squad wide receiver quarterback, but uh, yeah. still had 100%. So I'm gonna hang my hat on that. Uh, my number seven is actually gonna be uh, one of your homer picks, Dallas Goddard. Um, Basically, he's in, inheriting the Zach Ertz role. I think we kind of mentioned how we don't think Zach Ertz is going to be on Philadelphia next year. So um, the tight end targets are going to filter towards Goddard. Again, he's athletic. Um, tight ends are featured in that offense. So it, it's a really good spot to be in. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to hit the point in the rankings for me where I actually kind of like the volume that these players are getting. Um, and so Dallas Goddard is probably that last guy that I'm like if I've got him I'm super comfortable at tight end um, I don't know how you feel about the position but a- after that it's kind of like oh man I hope my guy scores a touchdown because uh, I don't trust that they're going to put up the consistent yards yeah I, I think it's kind of the same you know a lot of it, the ones we've already mentioned not to lump them into like the cheap dynasty or I'm sorry cheap DFS plays but you know those cheap DFS, DFS plays you're just looking for a dart throw a touchdown hopefully but yeah, I mean, now we're going to start getting into the volume play, guys. Um, I actually have Goddard at six, so um, there's not much more to add to that. I think you know you pretty much covered all the bases on there. Uh, I actually think it's a toss up between him and Fant for me. I think if uh, Denver gets a quarterback, he easily jumps over Goddard for me. That's funny you say that because I actually had Fant at six as well, so we just had him flipped uh, with our Homer brains. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I'll move on to my number five, uh, and that's uh, my other homer is TJ Hawkinson. Well, I, little uh, spoiler alert, one of my other homers. Uh, the ex-Hawkeye for the Lions, um, TJ Hawkinson is a Mackey Award winner. Um, I actually won it 
with Noah Fant on the team to give you an idea. I mean, they were loaded at tight end that year. Um, and he is coming into his own with Galladay being out. He's been featured more and more in the offense. Uh, and they're really just starting to call his number at the goal line a lot more frequently. So I really like the trajectory of where that's headed. Um, I kind of see him as a Kittle light um, where they're going to start getting him more and more involved in between the twenties now too. Um, and like I said, this is where we start getting into the volume plays. He's finally earning my trust as one of those reliable tight end options. Yeah, I dig it. Um, my number, that was five, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my five is Darren Waller. Um, he's a guy, he's got great size. His age does concern me, but his size and his volume that he gets, um, he seems at times, it seems like he's Derek Carr's only option out there. He runs great routes. Um, he's kind of like a big wide receiver out there. So, you know, you, you mentioned these are the guys that are going to be our volume plays. And Darren Waller's a guy where, you know, some weeks he can have 14, 15 targets very easy. Uh, he's been producing this year. I feel like he can continue that for the next few years. Um, so that's why he currently he's in my top five. Yeah, he, he's definitely one of those guys that you can kind of consider the alpha option in the passing game. Uh, you know, usually they, you would call it an alpha wide receiver, but, uh, you know, a few of these guys are actually playing tight end. Yeah, for sure. So I, I've actually got him at four. Do you want to move uh, right on into your four? Yeah, so uh, my four is Mark Andrews. Um, again, a guy who was a, you know, a, considered a top three, top five uh, in a lot of people's you know, order coming into the season. Um, I think what's hurt him a little bit this year is the play of Lamar Jackson. And that totally can change because Mark Andrews is a stud. I mean, he, he's talented. Um, He's got great hands. He, he's one of Lamar Jackson's favorite targets. It's just the, the, the play of Lamar Jackson, I felt feel, has kind of um, not allowed Andrews to see the full – us to see the full capabilities of Andrews yet this season especially. Um, but he's still a top five for me. Um, you know, I worry about him. But I know a lot of people have talked about the type 1 diabetes with him and, you know, what his durability really could be like uh, moving forward. But – um, he seems to be playing through, especially in a season with COVID um, being around and, you know, he's not having no issues with it. I know he, I believe he just got uh, tested positive for the COVID. So I hope that all pans out well and he makes a speedy recovery. But for me, Andrews right now at four um, seems to be a decent spot for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Andrews fan. He was one of my biggest targets heading into the year. I, I had him at tight end three heading into the year um, and I've actually still got him there. Uh, I just, like you said, it's been a little bit of a disappointing season thus far, but um, in my eyes, it's more of just variance of we're, we're seeing the lower end of outcomes for Lamar Jackson. So as soon as that turns around, it's going to pick Mark Andrews up right with it. Uh, so I think we've covered my six, five, and or sorry, my five, four, and three with Hawkinson, Waller, and Andrews. Uh, yep. You want to just keep going? Yeah, just just uh, who was your four? Uh, my four was Waller, who I think oh, okay. you had at five. Okay, yeah. yeah so that my three was Hawkinson. Uh, okay, which, uh, I know you know it's pretty surprising that you know I have him higher than the Homer here, but um, I, I, for everything you said, um, this guy's usage is getting he's getting more and more usage, and I can only see that increasing uh, come next year. Um, I really see Hawkinson contending for that number one tight end overall, you know, number one overall tight end spot within the next year or two. 
Yep, I like it. I need to see uh, a few of their receiving options drop out, uh, whether that's Marvin Jones moving on, whether or not, you know, do they bring back Kenny Galladay? Um, but definitely in the range of outcomes for Hawkinson. So love to see it as a, a Hawkeye alum myself, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to keep turning them out. So my number two is also a Hawkeye, George Kittle. Um, you know, some people are going to look at him as the tight end one, but he, he is injured. So, you know, puts a little bit of uh, damper on his outlook for the, the short term. Um, I can't drop him from two because I, I don't know if you remember that that game he put up where he had like 15 or 16 receptions, um, you know, almost 200 yards. How could, I like, for, how could I forget it was against the Eagles? <laughs> I should have I known. Um, yeah, but it's like anytime you can have that as your ceiling at tight end, like you're automatically a, a top five option. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have Kittle at two as well. Um, you know what I mean? Obviously, I guess we both have Kelsey as our one. Um, or I'm, a, I'm assuming that. Am I assuming wrong or do you have Kelsey at your one? Nope, that, that's the guy. Okay, After he yeah. uh, got extended and again, it's the volume plays when you get up here. So, Yeah, I mean, all year, people flip-flop back and forth between Kelsey and Kittle. I still kind of do. Um, you know what I mean? The volume play on both of them. The injury is what dropped Kittle from that one spot for me because, honestly, you know, start of season, I had Kittle at one, Kelsey at two, but the injury kind of bumped him down one spot. Yep. Um, but, you know, that said, I think these two guys are equal. Um, you know, their ages, uh, I believe Kelsey's 30, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, yeah, I think so. I'm not sure Kittle is 27, I believe. Yeah, I think he's 27 or 28. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, most people tend to think, oh, well, they're getting up there in age, but that don't really scare me with these two. I think these two are still going to produce the next year or two or maybe even three. Um, but I will say, as I said, you know, when I mentioned Hawkinson, I do see a player like a Hawkinson contending for that top tight end spot. Yeah, I think uh, Kelsey being a few years older, um, I, I will admit I don't see him being number one at the beginning of next year. Um, I think I will have Kittle back up in front. Um, but just the way that Dynasty works where, um, you know, you're not necessarily just thinking about your long-term potential. You have to think about, I'm competing this year as well. Uh, it's enough to drop George Kittle out of the top spot for me right now. Um, but he is so good that he's not moving out of my top two. Um, to give folks an idea of how highly I value these guys. Um, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are just in a tier of their own at the tight end position. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think you're go we're going to get many people to disagree with that. I'd be surprised if anybody did. You know, you can go either way with the two of them. All right. Uh, do you want to run back through your top 12 tight ends for us one last time before we wrap up? Yep, no problem. So number 12, Zach Gertz. Number 11, Mike Kosicki. Number 10, Hunter Henry. Number 9, Evan Ingram. Number 8, Johnny Smith. Number 7, Noah Font. Number 6, Dallas Goddard. Number 5, Darren Waller. Number 4, Mark Andrews. Number 3, TJ Hawkinson. Number 2, George Kittle. And number 1, Travis Kelsey. All right, and I have Irv Smith Jr. of the Vikings at 12, Johnny Smith at 11, Logan Thomas at 10, Evan Ingram at 9, Hunter Henry at 8, Dallas Goddard at 7, Noah Fant at 6, Hawkinson at 5, Waller at 4, Andrews at 3, Kittle at 2, and the Mr. Travis Kelsey at number 1 for the time being. 
So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the inaugural episode of the Dynasty and Debbie pod. Um, want to thank Nick for, for joining me on this one. Um, and, you know, if you guys have any ideas for episodes, stuff you'd like us to talk about, definitely feel free to hit up the, uh, the We Know Fantasy boards. Uh, you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at William Uryan. And Nick, you want to give him your handle as well? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at FB Mechanic or on Instagram at Fantasy underscore Mechanic. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you having me on. You did a great job hosting for your first time. Uh, you seem like a season pro already. Appreciate it. You got to play the long game with Dynasty. So for all you listeners out there, uh, remember, season never ends and keep grinding. We'll see yep. you next week. Good luck. <laughs>